they go to shop for all the stuff at the thrift shop for the music video, they're putting up Halloween stuff. And the first week of school is in, it's like at the end of September, which is weird for the first week of school to be at the end of September, but whatever. Maybe they don't get a Thanksgiving break. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know the schedule of the school. Yeah. Episode five. This is the one where you said each relationship has a pivotal moment. And it's also the one that starts with Luke trying to help Kate. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is Everything Sucks, A Gay Girl's Guide. We have episode five here. It's What the Hell's a Zargenda. And that's a line from the episode. It is. To recap from last week... Uh, the drama, uh, Luke and the AV Club kids have convinced the drama club to make a movie with them, and Ken and Sherry went on a date. Yep. A really sweet date that they didn't kiss at the end of. Guys, come on. Missed opportunity Missed there. opportunity. But <laughs> Luke and Kate kissed at the end of the last episode. Kate, immediately, her last line, she confesses, I think I'm a lesbian. And we don't get to see the aftermath of that nope. until the beginning of this episode. So what's happening here? So episode five starts out um, with Luke and Kate in the library. And it opens with a, a shot of a human anatomy book of the male genitalia. And Luke just kind of shows it to Kate and it's just like, here you go. How's this? I mean, it's just really funny. Yeah. Because Kate's delivery and just her just reaction to everything that happens in this this scene she's just like what i don't what are you yeah. doing this is the most we've actually seen kate talk yeah in an episode two is and it's her just being like i don't know how you could possibly help me <laughs> are you kidding me yeah but luke is determined to help her he because wants to help her because he cares about her. He does care. And their relationship is... Their relationship is at, at risk here. He still wants to date her, I think. Oh, no, yeah. And he says lesbian out loud in the deserted library. And she loses her mind. Yeah. <laughs> She's worried that the school's going to find out because in episode two, when the school found out via rumor... That she might be a lesbian. All kinds of bad things All happen. kinds of it bad things a, happen. She, it was the worst episode. She got bullied. Somebody wrote a deck on her locker. And she got asked out mm -hmm. by a boy. She's just the opposite of what you want to happen. Yeah. When, <laughs> just so you guys know, when you first come out, you don't want a boy to ask you out. No. Nope. You want some girl to be really excited <laughs> and be like, finally, I can pounce on this. That does not happen for our dear Kate. Nope. No. Oh, she's so worried. <laughs> so they decide to take a quiz. Luke finds a quiz in a book. I forget the name of the quiz, but it is a real quiz. Hinkley? Hinkley or, yeah, something. It's it's a real quiz that you can take in a book to find out if you're homosexual. <laughs> which is just funny to me, because I feel like you need a book to tell you that you're a homosexual. But apparently it helps... Some yeah, people. this is pre-BuzzFeed quizzes, mm. people. Remember, That's we are still in point. the 90s. Yeah. You could not take a quiz online to find out if you were a lesbian or not. <laughs> you had to look in a book and find a quiz and then go hide in a dark corner of the library to take it. So they do this quiz, and the questions are ridiculous. 
Some of them are ridiculous. One of them is, is about an orgy, and Kate is like, I would not participate. <laughs> Which, good for you, Kate. You know what you're about. You know what you want. And it's not an orgy. We respect that. <laughs> but she answers the questions, and this is where Luke gets optimistic, because according to the quiz... She's homosexual with heterosexual tendencies. <laughs> yeah. And Luke thinks that's his window. He thinks he's... He he's the it. heterosexual tendency. <sighs> so they make a deal that they'll... That he's agreeing to be her beard. If you don't know what a beard is, it's when a uh, lesbian... Right? It's mm-hmm. a particularly lesbian. I don't know what... Or gay men. Either way, it's when you're you're gay and you, you're dating somebody of the opposite sex to hide the fact that you're gay. Yep. And Luke agrees to do that for her, probably because he still has feelings and still wants it to work out. And they come up with this code word. This is very important. He sees a book across the way. He's like, if I find myself falling in love with you... I will say the code word banana slugs. Mm. It does not take long for that to pop out. (laughs) For that to become an issue, people. Oh, we also see this moment where when he says that she's homosexual with heterosexual tendencies, she's kind of... She's pretty shocked, I think, that that... I don't know what she was (laughs) expecting. I don't know if she was hopeful that maybe it would say heterosexual or if she, like, just knew that it would... I don't know what she wanted from that quiz... But she did not get the answer she was looking for. Yeah. Because I think she's struggling with trying to figure out if she's homosexual or if she's heterosexual. And that test did absolutely nothing yeah. to help her. It, it was basically just definitive. like, you could be either. But you're mostly this But one. you're mostly on this side. And I think that that's just the opposite of what she needed. She was like, no, tell me for <laughs> sure. Oh, and she looks worried when he agrees to date her still. Oh, we got morning announcements again. This is one of my favorite lines that Scott Pocket is talking about the science fair. And he says that he intends to prove that the Big Bang is much more than just a theory while looking directly at Jessica Betts, who he has been trying to hit on this entire time. It's just, like, Scott, why don't you just ask her out? Why are you hitting on her? In the morning announcements. One of everyone. It's so... In just the most, I mean, hilarious, but most inappropriate, inappropriate way. This is called sexual harassment these days, folks. We are making light of it, but this is really, really bad. (laughs) And part of me wants to know if he has asked her out and she's just said no. So he has no other outlet of like, yeah, maybe. Maybe if I pester her enough. This is not how you get the girl. It's all we're saying, people. (laughs) This is not how you do it. Oh, yeah. And this is the episode that we see the auditions for the movie that the drama club and the AV club are putting on. And let me tell you, folks, these auditions are amazing. Amazing. I've never seen high school students so talented, (laughs) which is weird. It's weird that they're all like, I wanted all of these kids to be in the movie. No, this is the Yoko moment. (laughs) So we see uh, Kate and Luke walking to her locker and Luke's being just overly sweet and is carrying her backpack and her book bag. And they walk past uh, Tyler and, and McQuaid. Yeah. And you can see McQuaid just disgusted with the fact that Luke is now infatuated with this girl. Uh, and he has a really funny line. He just says Yoko. 
as in Yoko Ono from, as in the girl who is accused of breaking up the Beatles. Which is drastic. It is. It's drastic. And it's so not fair to Kate. Like Or Yoko. Or Yoko, yeah. <laughs> For the record. Because <laughs> Kate, Kate is not sure how to tell Luke. No. Well, and in this whole situation, like, I think we think that McQuaid is, or not McQuaid, but we think that McQuaid is thinking that Kate is stealing his, like, one of his best friends. Mm -hmm. But really, like, Luke is... He's doing Luke is it the one who's initiating. He's taking himself away from them. Luke is a consenting Kate's not adult. Doing it. Well, he's not an adult, but he's a he's the one who's 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 doing it. Yeah, Luke has gone out of his way to do all of this stuff to be with Kate, to carry her backpack and her books when he doesn't have to, which is weird. Well, the whole time Kate's just like, I really wish she wouldn't do that. Yeah, and she doesn't know how to tell him any more than she has that. He doesn't need to do all this boyfriend stuff for her. And then we get them confronted by her dad. And she, as usual, wants nothing to do with that mm -hmm. conversation. And she's like, we have to get to class, dad. And he, Ken, is like, actually, I want to invite Luke over for dinner since you guys are dating now. And we see Luke and Ken being the biggest dorks. <laughs> biggest dorks. And you kind of get the sense that they might be the same person. Okay. <laughs> Luke is such a dork and Kate is just like, oh, okay, this is happening. Yeah. You're coming over for dinner, even though we just agreed that this is not a real relationship. Yeah. Fantastic. Cut two. We're doing... We see all these... There's a lot more people in line for auditions than I thought. Yeah, there's like... There's there's a couple of them. Oh. McQuaid gets ousted. Oliver comes in. Takes McQuaid's seat. And Oliver is going to apparently help Luke run these auditions. Which is news to, news to Luke. Yeah. Also, Oliver's not auditioning. Him or Emmeline. Yeah, apparently they don't audition. <laughs> they just get the lead roles. <laughs> He says, which one has the most lines? And Luke says, Blorgan's Argenda. So he's like, okay, that's us. So they're casting a film. <laughs> They've already got the two, two leads cast. And now there's just much less opportunity mm -hmm. for the other students. And then we, we dive into this montage of different characters auditioning. Jessica Betts walks in. And I wish I knew what this movie was that she was doing. Yeah, I don't know what it is either. It's I think that it's Meg Ryan from You've Got Mail. And and, and we have Cedric, who is the one, the ki kid in the drama club that wanted to kill Luke and his friends over canceling Uncle Vanya, who Cedric is doing the speech from... A Few Good Men. A Few Good Men, and you can't the handle the Jack truth. Nicholson, like, most famous Jack Nicholson line other than, here's Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and we have, uh, I don't know I don't this know character's name. name. She's doing this scene, Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction. She's reading the, the, the line from the Bible. She's got a banana in her hand as the gun. And she's put on these... Fake, what are they, mutton chops? Yeah. Mutton I didn't even chops. notice them the first time I watched it. 
I just, <laughs> I had no idea that she had mutton chops on. You haven't seen I also Pulp haven't seen Pulp Fiction, Fiction yeah, so, so I didn't know that that was a thing that happened in Pulp Fiction, so I really just thought that this girl was reading a Bible verse as an audition, <laughs> yeah. and I was just like, that's an odd choice, it's but weird. you do it well, so good for you. <laughs> but what what's happening is that Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction is about to kill someone. Cool. That's what the banana is that supposed, supposed to, to I mean, I figured it meant it was there for a gun. Yeah, because she's kind of holding it that way. Oh, we get an Irish dancer for whatever reason. I don't know why they need an Irish alien. Just to show how talented Boring High is. Yeah, I guess so, There's yeah. a magician. There's a yo-yo. Is this... What is this girl doing with friends, Roman countrymen? Like... Mm-hmm. Is that from Shakespeare's Julius Caesar? I have no idea. And then we see Scott Pocket doing a. Is Braveheart? Is that Braveheart? He's doing Braveheart! He's doing Mel Gibson from Braveheart, but he's written the lines on like a stick so he can read directly from them. He never. He didn't memorize the scene. And but this is my favorite one. Yeah, favorite audition. This is my favorite audition. And it's Tyler, our dear sweet Tyler. This is the Tylerism of the episode also. Tyler, we know, has problems reading. He's memorized a commercial to do as his audition instead of, like, reading like a, a scene. Because he can watch the commercial, I guess, and do it. And looks like, no, I'm sorry, we need to see a scene. But Oliver sticks up for him. Oliver's like, no, why are we not going to watch this? Yeah, and just... <laughs> The the whole audition is just hilarious because he reenacts this commercial for like a, a skin cream yeah. of all things for a, a 14 year old boy to reenact it like for a commercial. I didn't think it'd be this one. It's eczema. It's an eczema cream. And he does a great job. At he has portraying. accents and he just is he's in it. Mm-hmm. He's in it to win it. He's committed. He's really selling this cream. I'd buy it. I would, too. If I had eczema, I don't anymore. But, oh, and then he looks heartbroken when they say thank you. He kind of is just like, he's probably, he. we had to convince himself to do that in the first place. And then he thought it wasn't going to go well because he didn't get a seat or he didn't have a scene. But then Oliver's like, nah, do it. Yeah. And then it's over and he's just like, oh, I don't know if I should have really done that or not. Tyler, you absolutely should have done that. That was amazing. You can be in any movie I ever make. Not that I'm a movie maker, but you can. (laughs) And then this... Oh, Ken. The next scene we have is Ken in his office. And he's being weird. He's being a little weird. Yeah. He calls Luke and Sherry's house, then gets the voicemail, and... I don't know. I, I don't know what he called for. You never really find out. I mean, I, I'm assuming it's to tell her that, you know. I don't think he called for anything he just, other than to listen to the voicemail. Yeah. Well, maybe he did want to tell I her. I think he wanted to tell her, message. but then he just, he panics. Yeah. You know, the Mesners, they have, they panic. <laughs> so The Mesners pull fire alarms too often in their lives. <laughs> That's the new metaphor for the Messners. So I think that he calls with the intention <laughs> of saying something, and instead he hears her voice, and he's just like, oh, bad idea, and hangs up. But then he calls again, mm-hmm. just to listen to her voice again. Oh, just in case you don't know what we're talking about, in the 90s, 
(laughs) When you made a phone call, some people had what's called an answering machine that after a couple rings, it would answer the phone for you and it would say a message. And this one is Luke and Sherry saying, you know, leave us a message and we'll call you back unless you're a weirdo. Which is kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Then the the answering machine records the message. It's very similar to you know a voicemail. Voice yeah, actually, it's exactly the voicemail. <laughs> Except like, that you like, had, to, you had to It was on a tape. It was on a tape. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I didn't. I don't know. That. What I apologize, dear <laughs> listeners. This is an analog voicemail. <laughs> I forgot we had voicemail. I, for the record, I don't use my voicemail. I don't even have my name set up on it. It's just like, leave a message for five, two, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to give you my phone number, but that's what it does. Yeah, I, do we, don't, we barely even make phone calls anymore. It's not no. unheard of. Anyway, Ken gets swept away by this voicemail. And it's not the last time in this episode that this happens. He's, he's so adorable. <laughs> Look, he just shakes his head. And he's like, that was dumb. And then he does it imme- again. He just does yeah. it again. I gotta listen to this. And he just looks so happy and just smitten. Oh, this scene. So we find out they've decided in like, I, is this the same day? Yeah, this is the audition. This is the auditions happened to like at lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all wearing the same clothes. And they immediately, like, yeah, they decided. I mean, there's only like right six after. characters in the movie. I guess you're right. So, and they knew to what two of them were gonna be. Uh, so we already know who's gonna be who in this yep. movie. And guess who got a role? Guess who's so excited he got a role? Even though it's only Alien Number Two. It doesn't matter. He is super jazzed about it. Oh, Tyler, our dear Tyler with the eczema commercial. He got a part in the movie. And Emmeline acts like she has no idea that she's got the female lead. Yeah. Oliver just gave it to her without even asking. <laughs> but she seemed very interested in the cast list. And it's just like, if you had no idea, if you had no idea what, how many characters they were going to, you didn't know anything. Yeah. You walked up to that very judgmental. She was like, get out of my way. Mm-hmm. I need to see who I am. Why didn't she know that Oliver was going to do that? And why does Oliver do that? <laughs> These are the questions, folks. <laughs> and the first question she asks about this character is not who she is or what's her deal. It's what does she wear? Yeah. Well, because at this point, I think in Emmeline's character development, that's her, her main concern is what she wears in people's perception of her based on that. And later oh, yeah. in the show, we see her completely transform <laughs> and, you know, just is the complete opposite yeah. of, of what she is right now as far as appearances go. And so I think that right now with who she is as a person, it's very important to her to know what, uh, what, she's, wearing. what she's wearing. Yeah, I think that's who Emmeline is. Emmeline is afraid to be real. Yeah. And all the... the, the clothes and the the attitude everything she says it's all about not being real not being who Emmeline is so naturally she asked about that and Luke is like oh Kate's doing costumes so Emmeline goes to confront Kate and say you cannot be dressing me up like a total nerd I have to look good in this movie 
But this is news to Kate that she's doing costumes. Like, Luke hasn't told her. Yeah. Again, why do these boyfriends keep doing... Well, why do they keep doing things for these girls without telling them? them? Yeah. <laughs> and this is, this is one of my favorite moments, because Kate is like... Wants to talk having a conversation. Yeah, she's surprised. This is the first time they've actually talked. Uh, I guess they kind of talked in the locker room, but it was just for Kate to say yeah. what. And this is also the beginning of an interesting costume choice for me. I don't know if you noticed, but Emmeline, every scene that Emmeline has with Kate, mm. from here on out until the last episode... The last episode is the only episode where she's not doing this, but from here until, I guess, episode nine, every scene with Emmeline and Kate, Emmeline is wearing red. Yep. What Why does that? it mean? What's that about? What are we trying to say here, people? Anyway, so Emmeline has this conversation with Kate of, like, you can't dress me like a loser. And then... Emmeline kind of just tells her that, I guess, they're going shopping. Yeah, Emmeline's like, what are you doing right now? Let's go shopping. And then poor Kate is just holding just a pile of Emmeline's outfit choices. (laughs) And she just looks just like she just, she wants to be there because, like, she's spending time with Emmeline. But also, she just, I feel like she just hates shopping. Yeah. It just feels like it'd be a terrible time for her. She looks really uncomfortable with what they're talking about, too. Yeah. Which is, they're talking about her relationship with Luke and men. Emmeline's being really inappropriate. And she just is for a lot of the things, you know? Like, she just is always very inappropriate, and they just they don't like it. <laughs> yeah, Emmeline, we, we don't like that you're just gross and sexual and inappropriate. Yeah. It makes Kate... Are sweet very uncomfortable. Bean. Yeah. Especially, I think, more so because she's talking about sex with guys. Yeah. She's talking about sex with Luke. Or and just very overtly, you know, I mean, like, yeah. she's just not shy about the things that she talks about at all. And, like, there's Kate, who just has no experience with any of it. And it she doesn't just want doesn't to. want any experience with any of it. It's just very awkward. Yeah. And... One of the things that Emily says here is that last week you were undateable. And Kate's face when she says Mm. that is like, oh, so you thought I was undateable. You, the girl that I like. (laughs) Great. Fantastic. That's encouraging. (laughs) Kate has this pile of clothes and Emily just walks away to the dressing room. And Kate's kind of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. (laughs) Because you know it's the first time you've ever <laughs> yeah. gone shopping, like, with a female friend. It really no is. No idea what seems to do. seems like it. She... Oh, and this is the gay moment of the episode, right? The gayest <laughs> moment of the episode. Talking about the gayest mom- mother. You gotta wait for me. Uh, you said all right. Yeah, I did. Okay, that's fair. We need to work on communication better. I'm sorry. Go on. Okay, are you sure? Mm-hmm. All right. All right, so this is Bailey Sanders talking about gayest moment of the episode, uh, talking about episode five. Um, I think the gayest moment of this episode is Emmeline and Kate in the in the dressing room. It's the first time that we really see Emmeline and Kate interacting in a way that's not just heartbreaking. 
because um, usually Emmeline is, is is picking on Kate or Kate's upset because Emmeline's kissing a boy. And so I think it's the first time that we really see their their relationship start to to develop. Um, but the gayest moment is when Emmeline is just, just no shame, just ready to change. And she takes off her clothes and Kate just looks anywhere but the mirror or at Emmeline. She's just trying to find anything at all to focus on. And she just has a gay panic moment again. Yeah. And it just she just freezes and she has no idea what to do. Poor little Kate is worried that even a glance, even a glance is going to make everybody think she's gay. Yeah. <laughs> if I look at Emmeline, the last time she looked at her, we know what happened. She got bullied into the whole school mm-hmm. calling her a lesbian and right dyke on her locker and I don't know if she's she's probably remembering that in that moment. She's probably afraid it's gonna happen again because I mean Emmeline's wearing pretty much the same thing she was in that first scene and I think Kate's just terrified of being in that room in that moment with her. Yeah. Because even though women don't get boners people <laughs> We feel like our emotions are out there. Yep. Everybody, we're just written on your face. (laughs) Yeah. And Kate is so emotive anyway, I feel like it would be. Yeah. Can we also talk about the locker scene when Emmeline approaches Kate right before they go to the thrift shop? Sure. Because how gay is it that Kate is like, I don't know how to talk to you at all. Right? Like. Emmeline is confronts her and is like, you can't make me look like a dork, blah, 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 blah. And Kate's like, oh, yeah, okay, sure, mm-hmm. yeah. She has no, she's not smooth at all. No, people. not even a little bit. And let me tell you, for me, that's pretty gay because most kids spend their whole lives, like, preparing to flirt with the opposite sex. And... Socially, that's sort of what we're bred into. Like, you're going to be flirting with guys or girls or whatever, right? And Kate has never been taught that. And she's never tried to. She is not a natural when it comes to flirting at all. Absolutely not. And that's so gay. (laughs) You don't learn... When you're a lesbian, it's pretty rare that you learn to flirt before high school. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty non-existent that you actually learn how to flirt before high school, if at all. Yeah. I still don't know how to flirt. It I'm really bad at it. After I graduated. Yeah. To, <laughs> to learn how to flirt. Yeah. Properly. Well, I also needed to learn how to talk to people first. Before learning how to talk to yeah. women. And Kate is kind of going through that, too. Yeah. Yeah, because she doesn't, she doesn't have... I mean, she's Leslie, but we don't really see their friendship a whole lot. So I feel like she just feels like she doesn't really talk to anybody. Well, let's go back to the dressing room. Dressing room it is. Yeah. What moment in the dressing room is the gayest? It's just Kate avoiding Emmeline's eye contact or Emmeline's body? No, it's it's that. And then it's also when Emmeline convinces Kate to wear the dress, which the dress makes, makes a comeback later. But twice. Um, but Emmeline convinces Kate to put the dress on. And Emmeline basically just tells Kate that, you know, she looks really good. And I don't particularly care for the line that she says. Um, I think it, I just I don't like that line very much. Um, she says that she bone her and it's flirty and like fun. Not really flirty, but it's just it's it's a very Emmeline 
it's phrase. Flirty. It's it's a little flirty. It's low stakes flirty. It's, yeah. You can say it because. But so she kind of she deal. tells Kate that she looks hot and that she'd bone her and. Kate's just little face just lights up with just pure, just happiness and joy, just at the thought of thinking that anybody thought that she was attractive in that way, but also the girl that she has feelings for thinks of her, or in that moment, she thinks that she thinks of her in that way. Yeah. Big gay moment. Super lesbian. And that has been your day. <laughs> This is like, Kate can't make any, like, Emmeline strips down to her chonies mm-hmm. right away. And chonies is just like a bra and underwear. Yep. And Kate is like, oh, crap. Look anywhere but there. Because <laughs> the second she looks at her, it's going to be like. I feel like Kate just really wanted to leave the dressing room. <laughs> yeah. I thought for a minute she would, and then she just decides to start a conversation Instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she asks about, like, how she should mm-hmm. dress then. If Emmeline thinks that she needs to dress differently, how should she? And Emmeline's like, it's all about how you want the world to see you. Mm-hmm. For me, I want guys to get boners when they see me. And Kate is not about that life it's at gross. all. Yeah, she says gross. She says that's gross. No thanks. But... Then Emmeline shifts a little. Mm-hmm. Emmeline tries on a dress and is like, we see Emmeline not liking the way it looks on her. We see Emmeline thinking, nothing looks good on her. Yeah. And then pushing uh, Kate to try on the dress. She says, you'll look great in it because you're so tall and skinny and it's, I hate. I think it's like the first compliment that we've heard Emmeline <laughs> give Kate. If you could really call it a compliment, it's like the first positive thing she says to her. Yeah, it is. And it's that she's jealous of Kate's body. She's There's jealous. a lip bite again. Yeah. She gotta stop doing that. Yeah, Emmeline <laughs> gives Kate, Kate puts on the dress mm-hmm. and Emmeline gives her this once over. It bites, and it her, bites lip, her lip. And then runs out of the dressing room totally in her underwear. <laughs> <laughs> in full view of everyone in this thrift shop. Not that there's a lot of people I in there. I think there's like the cashier and he just looks completely unfazed by it. Like, like she's uh, probably doing it all the time. Yeah. I know I just walk around and have in her underwear like every weekend. Yeah. You get the vibe that Emmeline is like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. My body is whatever. Just another tool for me to be a storyteller. And Kate is so... This, we see Kate looking at herself yeah. in this dress, too, and thinking... Well, because, I mean, all we've ever seen Kate in is, is, is you know, Emmeline said it, baggy pants and t-shirts. Yeah. So this might be the first time that Kate's, like, actually, like, oh, I look pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And Emmeline says she looks hot. She says she looks hot. She gives her the once-over again. And, and Kate's face, though. They make eye contact and... She's like, I bone ya. Yeah. And Kate is so smitten. Mm-hmm. She's so happy that this person would do this. Oh, and then we get the next scene is Luke watching another video of his dad while he's getting ready for his date. And he's ironing his pants, which is just really cute. I don't think Luke. I've ever ironed a piece of clothing. Luke, 14-year-old freshman Luke, is ironing his pants to go have dinner with Kate and Ken. 
you, Luke is so type A. Yeah. He's such an adult, and he's like, but he's not, he's, oh, Luke, he, he's got khakis. I, what does he end up he wearing? He wears like a, a tie. Or? No, he wears a button-down shirt and a tie. Yeah, this kid is about it, and he looks so happy. And Ken is just wearing a Bob Seger t-shirt. Yeah, tucked into his <laughs> pants and like a <laughs> denim. Is that It looks jean? like a denim shirt, like buttoned up that he doesn't have buttoned up. And in this conversation here, he, Luke walks in and he's immediately controlling the conversation because yeah. he's Luke. And because Ken is kind of a pushover in that way where Ken is... Interested in what the people in his life have to say. But Luke starts talking about his future with Kate. Mm -hmm. And where he wants to go to school. And how he thinks that Kate's the one for him. When at the beginning of the episode, they've decided that the relationship's not real. Yeah. Who is he talking? Like, Kate's not there. I think he might just be, like, trying too hard to be the good fake boyfriend. Or do you think that he really believes that this is going to happen? Because at this point, he hasn't led us to believe that he really has, like, really true feelings for Kate. And so I think that he's just trying to make conversations with with Ken in a way to, like, protect his friend and to keep him from thinking that Kate might be different. Well, maybe, but he's doing it in a way that implicates him and not her. Yeah. Like, he seems like he's being too serious. I don't know how the guy being so serious about a relationship reflects on the girl being serious. Ken looks like, oh my gosh, this kid is... Yeah. Chill out, dude. And then this is, for me, this is the 90s reference of the episode. When Kate walks down the stairs. Oh, yeah. So we see that Kate has bought the dress... That Emmeline made her try on earlier. And then she wears the dress she to, wears to her dinner date with Luke and her dad. <laughs> and she walks down the stairs, which is just a very 90s teen movie mm-hmm. like thing to do. She's in like slow motion-ish. And everybody's just her hair done up. Mesmerized. Yeah. And Luke is Luke is like, wow, actually she looks amazing. And her dad thinks she looks great. He says, oh, you look... That's a lovely dress. And she's just like, great, cool. Can we move on? Can you guys stop staring? You're making me uncomfortable. (laughs) She's such a teenager in these moments of just like... I. But she only ever is like that when her dad's around. Yeah. Like like that just... She says, stop staring at me. And she's like, her dad's the one person she doesn't want to see her. Yeah. Because I think that's the one person she doesn't want to know that she is gay, you know? She's like, please don't actually see me for who I really am because you're not going to accept it. Yeah. And then they have this meal that's, like, Chinese food because apparently Ken, in the 10 years since his wife's death, has not... Not learned how to cook. (laughs) Maybe that's a 90s thing. I feel like now there's so many videos online and... Yeah. And... Everyone has Maybe he just didn't want to cook something poor. Like, he didn't want to cook something badly and embarrass Kate in front of her friend. Maybe. 
Oh, and this is where Ken interrogates mm-hmm. Luke about Sherry. He's talking, he's asking way too many invasive questions about Luke's mom, who Ken has just had a date with. And Kate totally catches on. She's like, you're being real weird, Dad. (laughs) You need to tone it down. And just when Ken makes it really awkward, uh, Luke is like, I'm gonna just ignore that and make a toast. (laughs) Uh, thanks for having me. Super glad to meet you. You're my girlfriend, Kate. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, and Ken says this thing. He says that he, he thinks that it's good for Kate to be in a relationship oh, with a boy. a little boy-girl compassion. So weird. This is, this is another moment where Ken makes everyone feel uncomfortable. Because yeah. he's actually not talking about he's Kate not. and Luke. He's talking about him and Sherry. And he's talking about himself being mm-hmm. lonely. And how he needs somebody in his life. And Luke is like, I'm going to ignore that again. (laughs) And and ask Kate about this band she was in. She plays the piano, apparently. And this leads into our music moment of the episode. Kate is getting pestered by Luke and, and Ken to play something on the piano. Mm Mm-hmm. And she goes to play, uh, Ken asks her if she's going to play her mom's song. And she's asked if that's okay, and he says that's fine. We get, (coughs) that's perfect. She says, she starts to play, she stops and says no laughing. Like anybody would ever laugh at that performance. I know! (laughs) But she also says, like, you guys are annoying Mm-hmm. I'm doing this once and I'm never doing it again. Mm-hmm. Such a teenager. And the song she plays is Rocket Man. And she's singing it. And it's just a beautiful moment for all three characters in this scene. Mm-hmm. You know, Ken gets up, not upset, but he, you know, he's touched by it because, you know, it was his wife's song, apparently, and he's feeling really sad. Kate is <laughs> alone. In this moment with her emotions, as she often is, she feels alone. She feels like she's going through what she's going through alone because she kind of is right now. Yeah. Luke is entranced. Yeah, so much. What are we going to do with you, Luke? So Ken gets up. He doesn't finish listening to her play. He says, I guess he just decides. Yeah, he doesn't say anything. He just gets up and just removes himself from that that moment. Mm And he calls, he calls Sherry again to, to, listen, to listen to the voicemail, which just is so sad because he's upset because he's hearing this song that obviously has a lot of emotional baggage for him. Mm-hmm. And But who does he call? He calls this woman that he just had a date with that he can't stop thinking about because he felt really happy. Yeah. And he and it had a tendency to call and just listen to the voicemail again, but... Lo and behold, Sherry got home early and she actually answered the phone. And again, just a Messner panic move. Yeah. <laughs> he just froze and couldn't say anything. Like, oh, hey, uh, your son's over having dinner. <laughs> doesn't introduce him, like, doesn't say, oh, hey, by the way, it's it's Ken. He just immediately oh, like, your yeah. son's here. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what yeah. to say. Ken, yeah, and he says that I know you were, I thought you were out of town. So she's like, why are you calling if you thought I was out of town? Yeah, if my kids over there and I'm not home, why are you calling here? And he has to confess. She catches him. Mm -hmm. He has to say, like, I actually had a great time with you. 
And he says what he should have said yeah. at the end of their date. He says, let's go out. I, I, you made me happy. And she agrees. Sherry agrees to it because she's like, yes, finally. Thank you. I had a great time, too. I'm super <laughs> glad you asked me out again. And then we go back to Kate and Luke. And Kate's finishing up the song. And Luke is just, he's like hypnotized. He's watching her fall apart at the yeah. piano, singing her mom's song. But he can't even see her face. All he can see is just her playing. You know, like, yeah. he, like you, we as viewers see, you know, the, the emotions that she's feeling in that, you know, that moment. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He has no idea that, it, that she's actually tearing up. Yeah. And because she doesn't show it in her voice either that mm-hmm. she's tearing up about it. And then Luke says, banana slug. Banana slug. Which, if, you know, from early in the episode, that's what he, that's what they decided the code word was. He says it, but he doesn't say it loud enough for her to hear. No. So Kate still has no idea. Well, because if Kate had heard it, she would have been like, mm, nope. Yeah. Plus, she's in the middle of singing. Yeah. She's busy. And that's the end of the episode, folks. That's the end of Everything Sucks, episode five. What the hell's is our agenda? Thanks for listening. Uh, next week, what do we what do we think is gonna happen? We have they're they're filming. We have Luke. We know that he now has feelings for Kate beyond what he sh- agreed to. Mm-hmm. Kate is opening uh, up really for the first time that we see. We see her, you know, begin a lot of relationships. And I've said before that this that episode just has a very important moment for every, almost every single relationship in the show. There's at least a glimpse into what it was, what's coming. You know, I mean, we see Luke admitting his feelings for Kate. We see Ken and Sherry having their moment. Mm-hmm. Emmeline and Kate have a conversation for the first time. And, and Kate then, and Luke also. Kate, yeah. Kate thinks, Kate opens up to him. Kate does open up to him. And then we see, uh, Tyler and, and Oliver yeah, kind of yeah. interacting for the first time. Well, not the first time, the but like you really time. see, you know, just their relationship starting to grow a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that episode is very important for everybody's relationships. Yeah, we don't really have a heart of the episode because so much happens yeah. for each relationship. Except for McQuaid. Well, <laughs> is this the one where he calls her a Yoko? He calls her a Yoko. So, I mean, like... <laughs> I feel like that's important for he and Kate's relationship. Maybe not in this yeah. season, but hopefully in the season to come. Yeah. <laughs> we really want to know. I want to know what's going to happen with Kate and McQuaid yep. at the end of the season. But we won't We won't talk about that until later on in the last episode. So, yeah. So, the next episode, we, we, we have these characters having to deal with their feelings and their relationships. I think the next episode is another one. Where we only see the kids interacting and it's mm-hmm. and it's the adults interacting yeah. separately yeah. again. Uh, so thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> thanks for sticking with us for so long. We'll see you next week. Good night. Good day. Good morning. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening.